Happy Wednesday, Penguins fans. Lots to discuss on this one. We're going to preview the game against the Edmonton Oilers, how the Penguins can overcome their amazing offensive attack led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. We are also going to get into just how bad that third line has been. We're going to dive into all of the stats and look at a few trade rumors that have been circling around the Penguins today. It's all coming up right after this drop for the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes, remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at Endless Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. And of course, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel's Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So let's jump right into this. Let's preview this game against the Edmonton Oilers. That is the Penguins. Next game is they try to snap this three-game losing streak. They've lost all three games in regulation. Two Metropolitan Division teams, two to the Islanders, one to the Devils. They are 0-6-3 in their last nine to the Metropolitan Division. Never seen them struggle like this against a division. Um, it's probably the worst I've ever seen them play um, against divisional teams. <clears throat> this is the only teams I think they've beaten in the division this year. Beat the Rangers, funny enough. Washington, Philadelphia, Columbus, and I'm pretty positive that is it. Did not beat that devil. Yeah, they have not beat the Devils, Islanders, or the Hurricanes. So four of the teams they have beaten in the division. That's it. It's embarrassing. Um, <clears throat> but Penguins will get one of their last Western Conference games out of the way on Thursday when they will take on Connor David, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers. The Penguins have played very well <clears throat> against the Oilers dating back to 2007. They actually have points in 19 of their last 22 games against them. They are 15-3-4 and and in their last 22 games against the Oilers. They have also uh, points in uh, nine of their last 10 games against the Oilers, 7-1-2, and one and two, dating back to 2008. Um, <clears throat> that, it was 7-0-2 before last year when the Oilers won in, uh, not overtime, excuse me, in regulation. They blitz the penguins in that game and that was the why i believe that was the game at the end of the season where it was looking like the penguins were really cooked um <clears throat> that oilers speed and skill gave them fits throughout Connor mcdavid leon dryside Vander kane were just way too much for the penguins they looked way too slow against the oilers and you know they're gonna have to you know not look so that, that look that slow again because you know in, in the first matchup this season Remember the Penguins jumped out to that two nothing lead. Played a really good first period. After that, it was a complete and utter nosedive. So they're going to have to play way more than twenty minutes if they want to win this game. They, they got blown out um, <clears throat> in the rest of that game. Um, I, I will say that. And there's a rumor going around with the Penguins potentially being in um, on Luke Shen again. I'm going to get to that in a sec- second. I'm, I apologize. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Anyways, but you all get my drift. Their speed and skill has really caused, you know, the Penguins fits. They have, they've won three games in a row, <clears throat> I will say, against the Penguins, which is, again, very rare because the Penguins usually play very well against Connor McDavid um, and the Oilers. Um, after the, after this game, the Penguins will play four of their next five games on the road. So 
it is imperative to win this game, not just you know for that, but just because you got to snap the losing streak. Penguins are also 15 and nine against Western Conference opponents this season, which also includes a nine and three record at home. So outside of those stats, when you go to Money Puck, uh, not Money Puck Daily Face, if you look at their lines, Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, you all know where it starts. <clears throat> Connor McDavid is the best player in the world. If you disagree, I would love to hear who you think is the best player in hockey uh, because he's already hit 100 points. He's a one-man wrecking crew. He's the fastest guy alive, I feel like. He has a ridiculous shot. His playmaking ability is second to none. He is disgusting. Um, He makes anyone on any given night look foolish. He is literally a clone of of a younger version of Sidney Crosby. That is who he is. Honestly, by the time his career is over, wouldn't be surprised if he is – Close to the numbers, you know, because since right now, you know, he's what got over fifteen hundred points, right? Would not be surprised if McDavid is there by the end of his career, if not a little higher. Um, Leon Drysaddle, you know, what you're going to get with him. Beautiful shot as well, great playmaking ability. They can, they have the luxury of putting um, him either with McDavid or without him. Um, <clears throat> he is with McDavid right now, so that makes the lineup a little more top heavy. But if he is on the second line, and maybe they put uh, Yamoto up there which I'll talk about in just a second, you know, it does make them a little bit deeper, deeper, excuse me. Ryan Asian Hopkins, Yamoto, and then um, Desjardins are on the second line. Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogel, Matias Janmark for their third line. Jesse Pugliarvi, Derek Ryan, and Devin Shore to round up their fourth group. But, you know, you know what you're going to get with their top guys of Dry Saddle, McDavid, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins. Those are the guys to look out for um, right now. Evander Kane is day-to-day. Not really sure if he's going to play in this one. Obviously, they're still without uh, Oscar Clefbaum. I don't think he's ever going to play again. Ryan Murray's hurt. Uh, Kim Clem Klostein is hurt defensively. Uh, Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece, Tyson Berry, Brett Kulak, Philip Broberg, and then Evan Bouchard. Nurse is the top defenseman on their team. He can do it all offensively, defensively. Cody Cece, it is funny that he's getting top pairing minutes, but he has still been pretty decent ever since moving on from the Penguins just a couple of seasons ago. Kulak is a player I really do like. He's more known for his defense compared to his offense. He in a second line, a second pairing role. <clears throat> I like that quite a bit. Tyson Berry, he's the more offensive player on that pairing. He mainly runs, I think, their, their top power play right now. Uh, nurses on their second unit. And then Evan Bouchard, he's still a good player, but you know, he's getting sheltered a little bit right now. You know, if the Penguins, if they can somehow neutralize the top two lines of the Oilers, they should be able to, you know, come out of a, out of this with a win. But, you know, there are still players in the Oilers, bottom six, that can hurt you as well. Jan Mark, sneaky underrated player, Pugliarvi, he's not having the best year, but he can also strike at any time. Warren Fogel, a.k.a. McLovin, um, for those that have watched Superbad, he's also not a bad depth piece. Derek Ryan, Ryan McLeod. So they have players... That can hurt you. And I should throw Yamoto in there. You know, he just came back from injury. Another very solid player. Um, <clears throat> in terms of keys, you all know what I'm going to say. Gotta down Connor McDavid. I know, I know. You're probably asking, how do you do that? Well, give him a healthy dosage of Crystal Tang and give him a healthy dosage of Sidney Crosby. I think if you can match those line, his line out against the McDavid line, and you can let the Evgeny Malkin line go out against the Oilers' second line, which is not as good as the Zucker Malkin Raquel line. I think the Penguins will be able to win that matchup. And despite how bad the third line is, you know, if they if that can just be a little bit of a wash and they can outplay the Oilers' bottom six, and especially the Penguins' fourth line with O'Connor there, um, I think they can, you know, definitely hopefully create more scoring chances compared 
to the Oilers. But, you know, that's always big. Shutting down the Oilers power play. They have one of the best units in the league. And again, it is not hard to see why. Zach Kyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Tyson Berry. Good freaking luck stopping that unit. World-class talent on there. World-class finishers. Um, Hyman had a good game against the Penguins last time. I believe he had two goals um, in that one. McDavid, I think, also had one. It's always, you know, appointment television when McDavid and Crosby go up against each other because it doesn't really happen that often. But, you know, it, it really does come down, you know, to it being as simple as this. You stop their top six, especially the top line, you win the game. The Oilers have been struggling coming into this game. They did just beat the Flyers. Um, believe it was on Tuesday night, a four to two final. But before then, you know, this is a team that was losing to, you know, some pretty bad teams. So they've, they've, they're four and they, they've lost six of their last 10 games. They're currently fourth in the Pacific. They blew a two goal lead to the Avalanche. They lost to the Rangers. They lost to the Red Wings. They lost to the Canadians. Before this game against the Flyers, this was an Oilers team that had lost four in a row. Again, one of those losses was a six to two loss to the Canadians. Um, they lost to the Flyers a little bit before that in a shootout. So, you know, th- this team is kind of hurting right now. They also lost to Columbus about a month ago in Edmonton. So they lost to some bad teams. This is definitely a beatable team. If you are, you know, if you are obviously a big fan of the Penguins, you're listening to the show, but they can contain McDavid and Dreisaitl, limit Hyman a little bit, you know, get their defense off their game. I really do think the Penguins can come out of this one victorious. Goaltending wise for um, the Oilers, um, would expect Stuart Skinner in this one. Jack Campbell is not playing that well this season. His contract is aging like milk. Um, well below, you know, they, I believe he's in the negatives in terms of goal save that expected. Stuart Skinner has assumed that starting job would expect him to start in this one. So throw a lot of pucks at him. Power play has to be better as well. You know, especially because the Oilers, even though the Penguins penalty kill has been good this season, Going up against the Oilers, it's so tough. You have to be able to match them on your power play. The first unit needs to be better. I mean, two for 19, two for 20 slump going to this game. Not good enough in the slightest. Just not. So um, that's what I'm really looking for this one. And they need to bank these points. You've been getting help. The Capitals lost on Tuesday night. The Sabres got blown out. I know the Red Wings are kind of surging a little bit, but you know, the Islanders are winning also, but you know, the Penguins, they have games in hand on these teams. You have games in hand on the Panthers. Still play the Panthers one more time and you've gotten all four points against them. These games in hand are not going to mean anything though if you don't win them. So it has to start tomorrow. These are all playoff games down the stretch. Gotta win them starting with this one. Going to be tough. So we'll see what happens with that. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into some trade discussion for today. Again, a couple rumors that I saw and all that good stuff. I'm going to tell you why it is very weird that the Penguins appear to be in on Luke Shed. Hold that. I'm going to hold that thought, though. Before we get into that, we are going to have to talk about FanDuel, which is, of course, the official sportsbook betting partner of Locked On. And the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook as well, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So you don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA, and <coughs> locked on. 
All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get into a rumor that I actually just saw right before um, recording this. And Elliot Freeman was talking about Luke Shen because it sounds like that the, um, <coughs> the there's talks have heated up with Luke Shen. And apparently Elliot Freeman says he's named the Bruins and the Penguins as the two teams still in on Chen. Mentioned there's some other teams as well, but those are the two teams he's hearing consistently. Why? That, that's, that is my main question when I really think about this. Um, why, why, are we, why are they going after Luke Shen? Is it just because of toughness? Hello? Last I checked... I don't really think they need to get a, and I'm going to be frank here. I don't think they need to get a 33-year-old third-pairing defenseman on this roster. They already have plenty of those at this point. And, oh yeah, I also, you know, don't want to be giving up a second-round pick from because that's the, that's the asking price I have seen mentioned by Elliot Freeman and a couple other insiders. You want to pay a second-round pick for that? doesn't really make um, much sense to me. And, you know, he's not an offensive defenseman. He's kind of a stay-at-home type, someone who's going to play decent defense for you. So he's basically just another version of Jan Ruda. And it's also hilarious that the Penguins, this is like the only player that's like really been connected to them so far throughout this trade process, which I think is hilarious. Um, And again, if, if they were to trade for Luke Shen here, um, <clears throat> this would literally be almost like, I feel like a fireball offense. You look, okay, let's look at Jay Fresh's stuff here. And, and you know, he uses data from top down hockey, natural stat trick, also contract data as well. So third bearing defenseman cap hit 900 K for the rest of the year. So he's kind of, you know, he's a rental has the name quality. He's the brother of Braden Shin. He ranks in the seventh percentile and wins above replacement. Not good. He ranks in the 30th percentile in even strength offense. He ranks in the 47th percentile in even strength defense, 7th percentile in penalty killing efficiency, 3rd percentile in drawing penalties. He is decent in primary assist per 60, 91st percentile, so that's not bad. Finishing above water, 58%, teammate 64th percentile, but a lot of that stuff, it's garbage. It's, it's, it's rough. So again, can someone please tell me why they are in on the defenseman, the defensive market here. Other than toughness, what is there to like about Luke Shen's game? <laughs> By looking at that, those numbers and looking at JFresh's card for him, because I just logged on for my stuff and my account and looked at it. He's basically just a lesser version of Jan Ruda. What are we doing, Ron? Serious question. What are we doing here? Like, I get it, you know, Luke Shen. Oh yeah, you you know him from your, your you know, your Philly days and all and all this other stuff. But it's like, really? Like, I just, and I'm going to go to natural stat trick here to also um, show his numbers for the season if natural stat trick also wants to load. But again, when this defense, when this team is fully healthy and they have all the defensemen there, they don't need another one. In fact, they could probably lose, use lesser defensemen, uh, less defensemen, excuse me, on this roster. God, I'm getting so fired up about it that I'm just misspeaking my words. But I understand the Canucks have been a mess this season, but 
in 55 games, he's played 830 minutes at five on five. When he's on the ice, the Canucks only have 45% of the shot attempts, 50, about 50% in terms of actual goals for, 45% of terms of scoring chances, 44% in terms of high danger chances, 32% of expected goals, 53% in terms of high danger actual goals for. So that's not bad, but most of his numbers are well below Bray Water here. There is no re- there is no reason for this at all. I'm sorry. If there are a couple areas of this roster that you want to upgrade on, it is the third line, which I'm going to get to coming up in the, after this commercial break. And it's a goalie. Anthony Stolarz. Elliot Freeman mentioned him in his 32 Thoughts blog on Wednesday morning. He would make a lot of sense. Hey, he, you know, he has similar numbers to Smith, but, you know, he's playing on a bad Anaheim team, still putting up those kind of numbers. What could he do here on a better team in the Penguins? Cam Talbot's name is out there. That also makes sense. But outside of that and upgrading the third line, there are really no other upgrades to be had here for this team. I am sorry. Other than maybe Jacob Trickgren, Jake McKay, but that's going to be, I think, too high of an asking price for the Penguins. There is no need to trade for a defenseman like Luchet. It, it makes no sense. His numbers stink. You know, he's they, they already have plenty of his kind of you know caliber on the team. I mean, Brian Humlin, Marcus Pedersen, Jan Ruda. And they're all better than him. So any team I think that trades for him and gives him, uh, gives up a second round pick is just foolish, if you ask me. People, you, you all can disagree with me if you want. If you think Luke Shen will be a good fit for this team, let me know in the comments. I'd be more than happy to hear what you all have to say. In my opinion, though, I think it makes no sense. His numbers are bad. He is not what this team needs right now. It just I think it would just be a really um, <clears throat> foolish acquisition, if you're asking me. But uh, that does it for this second segment. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to go into the hard, ugly truth of just how bad the Penguins' third line has been this season. Because it has been brutal. That's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's just jump right into it. The third line, we all know it is the line that is killing this team. They had it again in practice today. Alan Walsh, what is the definition of doing insanity? What is the definition of insanity? Excuse me. Yes. Doing the same thing and expecting different results. Had to quote the Alan Walsh tweet after he put that out last week with the Calgary and uh, tweeted out the Calgary Flames because Jonathan Huberdeau was there and they've had a really let's just say that that they've struggled this season. But in terms of how bad this third line has been, oh, we have some data for you. In terms of per money pop in minimum ice time, one hundred fifty minutes. They out of out of ninety forward lines that have been together for one hundred fifty minutes, the McGinn Carter captain line ranks eighty seventh with a thirty eight point seven percent expected goals rate. Expected goals for rate it gets even worse, five point five. Expected goals for per sixty minutes it's two. Expected goals against for sixty it is three. Expected goals against total though. It is, if I can get that right, 8.7. Garbage. It is, again, when people say that it is arguably, if not the worst line in hockey, 
it is backed up by statistics. There are only three lines behind them right now in terms of being worse than expected goals, shot attempts, scoring chances, all that stuff. And for some reason, Mike Sullivan wants to run them out there again. Why? I have no freaking idea. But they are killing them every time they sit out there. Brock McGinn has no points in 23 games. I don't even know how that's possible. I'm sorry, I don't. Like, outside of Jeff Carter being an abomination on that line, how do you not have a point in 23 games? When you seem like you've been fully healthy, you went on that shooting bender, even when Carter was stinking up the joint on that line, what the heck happened? <clears throat> like, that's just not a point, not even, not even, a, not even a, a secondary assist. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? And, you know, Kasperi Kapanen, he's not doing anything either. Jeff Carter, we all know how bad he's been, but hey, you know, they have great leadership and all this blah, 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 blah. I don't really give a damn. Break up that line. Put one of them in the press box. Would would Danton Heinen really be worse than one of those three players? You're telling me that? No chance. No chance. You, you put Danton Heinen in there over Brock McGinn, he probably scores in that first game, knowing that's how the Penguins' luck goes. He is such a better option at this point. And he hasn't even been that good this season. It's not even funny, man. <clears throat> it's even, and you know, I and I understand that they trying something new. They put O'Connor up there, right? Shot attempts. They got out against that. That was the against the Devils. Out attempted twelve to one and five on five. Out chance. I think it was ten to one. Out a high danger like six one something like that. And I get it. You know, they demoted Drew after that. Whatever. But it wasn't Drew's fault. At least he was looking okay in that game. It's the other two players' faults who, who also stink in Carter and Kapanen because they bumped McGinn down. <clears throat> Until you make actual roster changes and you make a trade here, I am sorry. This third line is only going to continue to screw you if you keep icing it. It makes no sense. I know Mike Sullivan is smart enough, is smarter than this. He has to be. Is he doing it out of spite? Probably not, but I don't know. Does he maybe think he has no other options? Sure. But you got to change something up with it. It's not good enough. The numbers don't lie. The eye test, you know, the eye test stacks up to it. That line sucks. S-U-C-K-S. It sucks. There is nothing doing when it comes on the ice, offensively or defensively especially defensively. They are just getting pinned in their own zone. They cannot carry the puck up the ice to save their lives. And because of that, they're never getting any scoring chances. You need to have a productive third line if you are going to win a Stanley Cup or be a contender for the Stanley Cup in this league. I saw this today, and I'm going to say it here. With the money that those three players take up, 3.2 to Kapanen, 2.75 to McGinn, 3.1, something like that for Carter. Wouldn't it, what, what, imagine what, imagine what a, a Denton Heinen, Evan Rodriguez, and a Jared McCann third line would look like right now. Yep. Imagine that Rodriguez is only making what, two? McCann's making five. You're at seven right there. Heinen's making one. Eight million. Imagine what that would be looking like. 
Yep. They probably would be top three in the Metro right now, to be honest. I'm telling you, they are not going to go anywhere if they continue to ice this third line. And the worst part is, all three players right now are signed until after next season. It's going to get worse if they don't move on from one or hopefully all of them. It's just a joke. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here, like, trying not to smirk and trying not to laugh about it, but it's so bad. Like, you know, I I, I, I think this argument is kind of silly, but I also kind of understand at the same time, would Valtteri Pustin and from Wilkesbury be worse than this? No. He's probably their best player down there. Would Dan Heine be worse than this? No. You know, Sam Poulin was with the team right now, but he's not. He's not even with Wilkesbury because he's dealing with some stuff going on. Would he be worse than this? Probably not. Got to make a move there. I would like two-thirds of a new third line, but that's how I see it. It's just not good enough and needs to change ASAP. GM needs to come out of his cave and help out his team here. That's all I'm going to say. But that does it for this episode of the Lockdown Penguins Podcast. I appreciate every one of you listening to this one. I'll have a full game recap episode coming up uh, tomorrow evening for the Pens Oilers game, and then we'll preview the weekend slate of games for my Friday episode. So, again, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed it. I'll talk with you all on Thursday.